What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. Graham down. He's dead. Graham down. My fucking rifle. Dude. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Austin Young, what up, man? How you doing tonight? Good, good, man. How are you? Thank you so much for making the drive all the way down from fucking Calusa. Yep. Thanks Calusa. for making, dude. That's a trek, dude. Thank you so much. Super appreciative that you were able to come down here. Um, we went out. We went and got to look at some elk today on the coast. Hell yeah! Right. Check that out. We found out there was a problem with the seal breeding grounds. Seals? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Seals. Banging. Yeah, they're they're having a good time out there, right? <laughs> yep. So, you've had a pretty amazing year for yourself, tule elk hunting, sheep hunting, kind of getting through all of it. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Uh, born and raised pretty much in Clusa County my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, super small town for those that don't know. Uh, Clouse is kind of the heart of waterfowl country for, yeah. for the western states. Uh, it doesn't get much better. No, I was and, driving uh, through the sink. I was driving down I-5, coming back from the Redding Expo. Or not the Redding Expo, the Redding California Deer Association mm. dinner. <laughs> and I, I left at 6 a.m. from Redding, and I came down I-5 at daybreak. So you hit, like, the perfect morning flight. You I mean, see. like, do you remember Astro Pops? Yeah, yeah. As a kid. Mm-hmm. And they were like that pink orange. Orange, yep. Right? The sky was the most phenomenal color of Astro Pop. <laughs> and like, I mean, black clouds of geese. Geese, ducks. Everything. Everything. There's like deer walking around on, uh, like on, on the land next to the rice yep. fields. It was insane. It was insane. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to. That I five corridor right there, dude, is epic. That's, you, would, if, if you're lucky, you even see antelope. Yeah, right there at the Maxwell by. Uh, really? Yeah, I've seen them right in the middle of I five right there. No way. That's my drive to work. Yeah. And back. So. How I'm crazy always, is that? Dude. I had to do a double. And take you out. live in it. Yeah. So uh, you get to see it. It's it's a a beautiful place. Right. I'm so glad I've grown up there. I would almost say that that's equally as beautiful as me getting to look at the elk. Right? Mm-hmm. That, like, that's your backyard. Yep. Right? Like, that's so... That's like an outdoorsman's dream to get to witness that mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yep. During foul season, at least, I'm yeah. sure. You know, the rest of the year, it's probably hot and fucked up. and it's, Yeah, it's just dirt. And <laughs> <laughs> Don't really want to be in it. No. <laughs> get me out of here. Flood yeah. the fields. Go hit the coast. <laughs> yeah. Right? So... How'd you find your way into the outdoors lifestyle? Um, my grandfather. Uh huh. Huge part. Huge I'd inspiration be some for you. City, who knows what? If yeah. It for my grandfather. Uh huh. You know, 
Nothing against my dad, but he's not into hunting. Yeah, he's not into the outdoors. No. He, I will say, he's into the outdoors. Oh, okay. He, he, he loves. Just not a hunting guy. He's not a hunting guy. He fishes. Okay. He's never into hunting. Yeah. When, what kind know. of fishing is he doing? Like fly fishing? No, or? he's always been the beer drinking, relaxed type of fishing. Never, oh, okay. Never took it too serious. Yeah, yeah. He always got me out as a kid. I started yeah. fishing from a very young age. And yeah. Just kind of trout fishing was our thing. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you kind of also have a career in outdoors, right? Yeah. Right. So what do you do for work? Um, I'm a firefighter for Cal Fire. And is that a seasonal gig or is that a... Seasonal gig. Okay. Seasonal. Okay. And by seasonal, this day and age, it's pretty much damn near year round. Right. But I get about three months off every year. Right. Right in the heart of waterfowl seasons. Right. So like starting in December? Yep. December. Normally I go back sometime in spring. Yeah. And there's still there's still deer seasons open in December. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Have you made it down to like Arizona yet? I have or not? I've talked with a couple buddies. Yeah. And it's not something we've officially planned yet, but definitely yeah. it's it's in the works. It's in the radar. Yeah. Definitely. Everybody's radar. Yeah. It's so funny to just watch an Instagram for or social media, I guess, for the last month for the month of january everybody popping up in goddamn arizona doing some over-the-counter archery arizona hunt like closing the distance on monster mule deer desert trolls like i want a coos buck do you y'all can have that mule deer i want a coos buck you want a coos it It just gets you things i want a coos yeah yeah the coos is like the desert whitetail right yeah that's what everybody says that's awesome dude so you're gonna, you know, you're kind of planning on maybe doing yeah. that at some point. Probably, I, because of my work schedule, I, yeah. I I get a few select big trips a year, and uh, this next year is gonna be Colorado, but I think maybe uh-huh. after that it'll be. Twenty nineteen, you'll be doing. Yeah. Is that a deer hunt or an elk hunt? Colorado. Yeah. That's yeah, gonna be elk. Oh, nice. Elk hunt. Yep. Nice. Over That's counter, awesome. Either sex. Just dropping, it, putting meat on the ground. It's gonna be the first mature animal that. Crosses in front yeah. of your scope. Yeah, there's uh, nothing wrong with that. Have no. you ever killed an elk before? No, no. Personally, you've personally, been there no. when elk oh, yeah. have been killed, oh, but yeah. you have never done it nope. yourself. I've never done it myself. Dude, my first elk that I killed in 2010, maybe it was 2009, right in there. My first elk I killed was cow. Yeah, it was the first. It was the first legal elk that walked in front of me that I could shoot, <laughs> and I was like, "Yep." I was like, "That's the one!" Boom. Yep. And I mean, I, I, I'm sad to say, I, I actually, we ended up, elk are tough, dude. And that was a brutal death. Really? I mean. Wasn't quick. <laughs> no, no. I, I sunk, I think, six rounds into it. Ooh. And uh, four of them, the projectile didn't open up. It pinholed in and pinholed out the other side. Ouch. Um, you know, right in the soft spot uh, between ribs. Imagine that. Um and uh, <coughs> yeah, it was just the shot that t- that put it down. I'm not gonna describe it, but that was a gnar- that was for sure a memory that, like, just talking about mm-hmm. it, I can visually see everything that happened, and it was what 340 yards, I think, in oh. front of me, and I can just still visually play it out in my head, like. And now, you know, it's so weird, too, as hunters, because, like, I don't know if you've experienced it, but, like, 
putting down an animal and then it, it it's not quick. Oh yeah. Right? And then they're suffering and like the last thing I want to see is the animal yeah. suffering. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like, losing an animal. Or losing an animal, yeah. you know? And and like it's so I wouldn't even uh I mean I guess difficult maybe. You know, like to watch I don't want to say life get lost, but well, as hunters, we kind of know what we're getting into. Yeah, the whole situation. So we try to make it as clean as, as quick as possible. Exactly, you know? it's down and dirty. It is what it is. Exactly, and it's yeah. so funny how many people have the assumption that we're out there to watch animals <laughs> right. suffer, which is so the fucking opposite. How can you kill an animal? Yeah, yeah. Try you know, it yourself. You'll figure it out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, anyways, dude. That'll be awesome, and I to- I mean, I can't wait. I want to see you kill an elk. Put oh, an elk too. in the ground. Yeah. Who cares? That's the plan. Yeah, dude. Take a cow. I want a freezer full of meat. Yeah, that's, that's my main goal. That's freezer it. full of meat, dude, for sure. I mean, you know, we were talking about it earlier. You know, my first my first elk was a cow, and now I'm kind of like, I don't think I'll ever shoot a raghorn. Mm-hmm. You know, but so for me, it's like I got my cow. Now I pretty much just want to shoot mature bulls and yeah, Hell yeah, all that. But so let's talk about California deer hunting. You predominantly grew up hunting in A zone. A zone, yeah, right. Grandpa got me out in A zone quite a, a lot, and uh, A zone hunting for Grandpa was was also putting meat in the freezer. It, yeah, Grandpa, Grandma, and Grandpa were not well off, you know, and they relied on that meat. Yeah. And, uh, get them through the year, or at so, least part of it, yeah. to defer costs. I think most of the time I went along as help. And, <coughs> but did your grandfather ever have you like bust and brush or? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It was occasionally. Yeah. But it, it was so stinking hot in yeah. A zone. And, and who wants to hunt in July oh, man, in California horrible. in A zone? Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. It's a but. terrible idea. <laughs> I did it last summer. I'll probably never do it again. Oh, I, I, I think I listened to that podcast yeah, and that dude. sounded bad. That was bad. The bugs. The bugs. The bugs. Bees, bugs, dude, flies. Flies? Everywhere. It was like atrocious. <laughs> like I felt like flies were committing atrocities against me. Flying in my nose, in my yeah. ears, in my mouth. They're aiming for you. They are. It's it's bad. It's disgusting. But yeah. Good old grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I did I didn't get to kill my first buck with Grandpa, yeah. but um, I have so many, so many good memories. Just riding around in a jeep and mm-hmm. doing all that stuff with him, and getting to hang out with him, dude. So, what was that like? I mean, growing up and getting that exposure for your first experiences, you know, and 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 all of that kind of stuff. You know, kind of bringing it back to the whole death side of things. You know, yeah, coming from I wasn't actually born in Calusa County. Very young age, I moved up from Sacramento. Okay. So, my first real experience to anything, life-wise, mm-hmm. was Clusa County and the outdoors. Yeah. You know? And so, bringing it back full circle to the whole, the death thing we talked about, I got to see my first dead animal by the hands of my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And just to witness and experience. What was it like when, when you watched it? Like, did you see him take the animal's life? Yeah. What, I mean, what was that like for you? It was fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Like I felt 
the sense of accomplishment. We came here to get deer. Yeah. And now we have deer. Yeah. And then <laughs> I remember it's weird because looking back at it now, I'm able to bring up more because I understand more now as to what was actually going on yeah. at the time. Right. Because when you're that young, you're just like, yeah, a deer just died. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, but so now it's a little more important to me mm-hmm. and, uh, but just dealing with how to take care of an animal in the <laughs> A zone heat and, right. and, uh, it's, it's what, it's, it's what they had to do to put meat on the table. And yeah. I think just realizing that helped the whole situation. One of my buddies was just telling me one of his tricks that he does, he brings his meat bags, right? So when he bones out an animal in A-Zone, or I think anywhere where it might be hot, archery, early season, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I guess A-Zone's early season still for... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, he'll bring a meat bag, and he'll bring a contractor garbage bag, like a 50-gallon garbage bag. Mm-hmm. So he'll put all the meat in the meat bag... And then he can put the meat bag into a contractor bag, tie it off, and then submerge it underwater, but keep the meat dry in order to keep it cool, you know, if he's going to be out there for a while or, you know, whatever the circumstances may be. But, dude, I never even took it to that level. That was an awesome bit of information. (laughs) And we all like to put our beers in the creek. You know, you never think about... Yeah. (laughs) Right? Keeping your meat cold down there, so... Right? It's a good idea. But, yeah, man... So, you're watching your grandfather take take. It's the first time yeah, you've experienced take life, and it was it was fun. Like I, I will never. I hope I can give that experience to my grandchildren down the road. Because yeah. it's such a crucial part in today's world to, just to pass along pass it the on. tradition. It's just, if we're not careful, we're gonna lose it. Right. And uh, that's what I'll probably yeah. do with my nephews. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, but cutting it up and I didn't have, I remember not having a super strong stomach. Mm-hmm. When it comes to smells, I'm still not good with smells. Mm-hmm. I can you, see it. You mean the gut set, like yeah. when you cut it open? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you yak? Not all the time. But so I, I, I at least get nauseous. Yeah. And, I, and it doesn't bug me to touch it or see it or whatever. It's just for some reason the smell. So for me, I can do damn near anything. I mean, I can eat the heart raw out of a deer. <laughs> but for whatever reason, if I pop, the gut sack and I smell guts, like uh, the bile mm-hmm. or whatever, I'll yak. Really? I will vomit every time. <laughs> like, no matter what. And and I have buddies, in, including my brother. My brother told Anthony about this this past year. Where, like, I will have my hands inside of a cavity, you know, cutting away the membrane and getting ready to take everything out. And, like... <laughs> Over my shoulder, I'm like throwing up <laughs> with my with my arms like still in the cavity because it's not like I mean like I I just like I can't handle the stink. Yeah, it's smell. I don't know. What you know it what is. I mean? But yeah. So I can relate. Yeah, I can relate to that. Definitely. Hell yeah. So that was that was always fun. I'm I went up there recently. Mm-hmm. My buddy's a taxidermist out of Calusa. Yeah. And uh, the property owner. 
that we used to hunt with called my buddy mm -hmm. and asked him to come pick up an old mount from one, some old Modoc buck from the 50s we picked up. Oh, wow. I think it was huge. Yeah. But, and... Modoc. At the time, my buddy's truck was down. He's like, hey, can you even mind running me up? I gotta go up to the hills and grab a buck. I'm like, sure. He's like, you're gonna turn off at uh, Long Valley Road. Oh, Long Valley Road, who are you gonna go see? Oh, and he explained it. I'm like, dude, I used to hunt there when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> dude. So, after not, as soon as my grandpa died, we ne I, I never, I've never been back. Yeah. And so I got to go up there and, and uh, talk and, and see some of the old guys I used to see as a kid. And, yeah. And it was still the same family up there, same yeah. cattle operation. And it was just super fun to get back and see everything. How neat is that, man? Yeah. And they all remembered you. Or yeah, your grandpa. Well, as soon as I, as soon as I, you know. You said your grandfather. And yeah. all that. How cool is that, man? Super cool. I do that. Uh, that happens to me here around town. Like, I'll go and, and meet different guys a real good example is we did the west coast archery christmas dinner this year mm -hmm. and then we all went to there's an italian restaurant here in town called volpe's i've been to volpe's right so we all went to the bar we weren't getting food we, we all went into the bar and i'm sitting back there and, and i'm talking to the owner a little bit and we're going back and forth and i asked him if he knew my grandfather and he's all well actually could you reach inside that uh that case on top of the piano for me there's a newspaper article in there pull it out right and he's like it's the only one in there and i open it up and i reach in and i pull out this newspaper article and he had a newspaper article about my grandfather oh, and it's just like you got to be kidding wow. me man you know so it's it's so funny how tight back in the day all the old timers mm. had it you know what i mean yep. like dude they had shit sewed up man yeah like definitely it was crazy. Said I've been to Volpe's in a few years. I love that place. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's good food, man. Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> do you primarily hunt A zone for the most part, um, or do you kind of skip around to get an AO tag, or do you get? I a, always get an AO tag. Well, since I got an archery, I've got an AO okay. tag. Okay. Okay. And uh, normally I get a D three through five because uh -huh. that's my backyard with the Sacramento River and yeah. all the river jungle through there and. So do you, do you hit the high country or are you hitting river bottoms? Uh, most of the time it's river bottoms. Uh -huh. The last couple of years I've gotten into doing a little bit of research and I tried to go this last year. Mm -hmm. uh, my buddy didn't get a tag in time so we ended up having to... Because it sells out every yeah. year. Yeah. So I ended up having to go over. Well, here. and I think that's so funny the increasing amount of sales for... I mean, even B-Zone for all the zones across mm -hmm. the board. More and more units are selling out before the actual opening date of the season. It used to be just B-Zone. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, it didn't even... But it wasn't even for a while. Yeah. It, I mean, even B-Zone selling out is still relatively new. Yeah. You know. Definitely. You know, to the last how many ever years. But yeah, B-Zone... As a kid, I grew up fishing Ice House uh -huh. area. So I was familiar with that area. Yeah. I took the girlfriend up there this year just to kind of get her exposed it's her first year with deer tag so we took her up there and, and her first year shooting a duck yeah she got her first duck this year yeah super stoked that's right but so yeah i'm definitely wanting to get getting into that uh -huh. country yeah because it's 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 definitely appealing yeah definitely for sure appealing. for sure so what's your success has been i've shot a handful of deer and it most of them have been i shot my first buck over on the coast over out of the Willits area, mm -hmm. 
uh, with my uncle. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, everything else has been... Was that public land or private? Public. Uh, I believe it was a wilderness unlimited lease. Oh, okay. My, my uncle's part. I know a lot of people yeah. that use that. They have a, actually like a pretty neat operation that they do. You know, like they've got a lot of really good properties, um, a lot of acreage, and a lot... Like the way they do it, they do draw systems for each different property, which to me is like, you know, I, I hunted Wilderness Unlimited property in A-Zone this year um, with a couple different guys, you know, with a, there was a group of us, actually, it was like six of us, I think. And uh, it was so crazy to me because it's limited, right? So it was mm-hmm. like 5,000 or 6,000 acres and... You know, there's there's this amount of, you know, we only allow seven hunters on the property at one time. And, you know, like you could bring a guest, but, you know, only seven people hunting. And um, I just really like the way that they had that breakdown. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like, As far as animal management and wildlife management and making sure that they're not, you know, overshooting the property or, you know, they keep it pretty limited and... And all that kind of stuff. I it's really respect the way that they they do a lot of their it's stuff. Here, I've heard a lot of horror stories with Wilderness Unlimited. And, really? And uh, there's another one. I think the Golden Ram. Uh huh. Another one just like it, and I've heard a lot of just. I'm not a uh, member of any yeah, of them, so I've heard. I mean, I'm not saying stories, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not a member. What I'm I mean, I feel bad if I'm like what are no. <laughs> it is what it is, you know. Yeah, but uh, for sure. No, I I thought about. Joining wilderness or that, but or golden ram or something. Like every every person I talk to, like don't do it. Really? Yeah, I call it the golden the golden scam, or you know. Oh, really? Something you know, stuff like that. Because success rates are low, or either that or or it's still the good old boys club, and if you haven't been in there forever, you're not going to get a good spot, or you're not going to get a good draw, whatever you know. Yeah, and uh, like I had a buddy who was there a couple years ago, and he. He uh, duck hunting the property, and he had a pretty good year, probably one of his better years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sent him a letter at the end of the season saying, you know, numerous uh, uh, shit uh, people calling and saying, you know, you're out there shooting super high, or you're out there basically doing club regulate yeah. uh, stuff that's not kosher for yeah the club, breaking you know? breaking rules yeah. And I know my brother pretty well, and it's that's not him. Yeah. And uh, so I figured, just a bunch of guys jealous. He had a, he had a good blind or something, and they wanted him out of there so he could get so they could get in. So, I mean, that, that's the only stories I've heard. How and, crazy is yeah. that? And that... I have no idea if this is true. I mean, but it's just stories I've heard. Mm-hmm. So, you picked up archery how many years ago? Uh, 2017. So, so just just two years ago. What you what was the what was the first bow you had? I had a Hoyt. I had a Hoyt Tricon. Is that the one that your buddy blew up? Yeah. So tell me definitely. about that. <laughs> so I'm pretty new to archery. Yeah. yeah. 2017. And I mean, that's like maybe two seasons. And I, I, yeah. That well, that's when I bought my new bow. I mm-hmm. think 16 or 15. It's 16. Yeah. Um. Me and a buddy were shooting, and. I didn't know his experience level mm-hmm. with bow at all, and I find out later that he'd never shot one before. Yeah, 
and I turn around for two seconds and he pulls this thing back without an arrow in it. Yeah. And it slips out of its fingers. It drives String dead. Dude. Yeah. String. Boom. Snap. A limb snapped. The string comes down and whacks him right across the wrist uh-huh. and slices him down to the bone. No way. Yeah. And How uh, pissed was he? At first, I couldn't help but laugh. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> you know, see your buddy blowing up a bow, and, and I'm just sitting there just laughing my ass off. Yeah. And he's sitting there screaming every cuss word known to man because he's just got string slapped. Yeah. And uh, Bad enough that it cut uh, him. Yeah. Cut him. Like, I've never seen that. Dude, yeah. He's still got a scar. Wow. Across his wrist, yeah. Dude, that's rough. Don't dry fire bows. Yeah, don't. (laughs) Especially an older bow. Make sure if you hand your bow off to your buddy that you're like, regulate the shit out of it. I got a new rule after that. I just don't let anybody else shoot my bow. You just don't let them touch your bow. Simple. Yeah. Especially with how expensive bows are and all the equipment for that. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's so funny because people are like, oh yeah, I want to get into archery. And when someone tells me they want to get into archery, I'm like, cool, Mm -hmm. do you have $2,500? Yep. And the reason why I'm always like, I tell people, your initial cost to get, and like, sure, dude, people probably get mad at me because maybe I'm going to scare someone away from archery or, you know, or something like this, it's whatever. Reality. Dude, well, it's like, cool, dude, I could go buy a kit bow for 500 bucks with a couple, you know, a dozen arrows and, you know, some bullshit sight and whatever, and I could, quote unquote, learn on that, mm-hmm. right? So I'm out five, six, 700 bucks, right? And then I'm going to buy a new bow anyways. Yeah. Oh, you're going to outgrow it at some point. I'm not even... I mean, maybe outgrow it uh, through experience. Yeah, skill level wise. Skill level. Yeah. Right? So, I always tell people, dude, if you're going to buy a bow, go shoot... Go to a pro shop. Go shoot the best bows that they have there. Pick one of those. Get six arrows. Get a good rest. And a halfway decent sight. The sight you'll outgrow, right? Because like you know, sights are two, three, four hundred bucks. You can mm-hmm. pick up a sight for a hundred bucks. You know, Spot Hog five pin. I don't know if they still make that one, but you know, or three pin or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that would always be kind of what I tell people instead of like go get a kit bow and learn on a kit bow. You know, because it's like, dude, I know like when I, especially if someone's coming to me and I know them pretty well, like. Dude, I know. Like, I know you as a person. I know that you're going to end up just wanting to get the best anyways. So save yourself your initial investment of six, seven hundred bucks and then just do the entire investment and then thank me later. Yep. Right? (laughs) You know, so that bow blew up. What was your next bow? Uh, I went out and got the Hoyt Pro Defiant, the Mm -hmm. 17, and got that all set up and. Two weeks later, I was hunting. Really? Yeah. And where were you hunting at? A-Zone. A-Zone? A-Zone. Buddy of mine. Hot. Hot. Summer. Summer. I was Not in, fun. I was in my Tiburon shorts. Uh-huh. And Why I, would you hunt in Tiburon shorts, dude? Don't dude, you get poison oak? so hot. But there, I don't, I get poison oak pretty bad, but there wasn't anywhere I was at. Oh. It's weird. That's weird. Yeah. That's really weird. You're going to have to tell me where that is yeah, so I can go hunt there. Yeah, right? I get poison oak so bad. Dude. It's bad. That stuff puts me in the with, hospital. With work, yeah. I have. I, I pretty much have poison oak eight months out of here. Right. Well, especially you work for Cal Fire. Yeah, I'm hiking around beating brush constantly. So. And I mean, especially like, I mean, do you ever breathe in the smoke? 
Uh, right. Have you not yet? Or years ago, I got it in my lungs. God, how go. violent was that? It was hell. Cause it was terrible. Not only because we were cutting line through it. Yeah. Not only were we cutting line through it, we were burning it right behind us. Yeah. And we're just like, I had to leave. I had to, I had to go to the hospital. Yeah. Get shots and all, all kinds of shit. All kinds of blood work. Yeah. yeah. It was horrible. That sounds terrible. But yeah, ever since then, and it's it, what's nice is slowly it's getting less, and yeah. less and less. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of at the point where I'm not like afraid to expose myself. Just not looking. Forward I am. To it. <laughs> I do not want to get. I get, I got it for the first time last year in like ten years, and I had to go to the hospital Ooh. and I had to get pills and I had to get shots and I had to like and I mean like I was pussing out Ooh. of my legs, oozing mm. poison oaks, delicious delicious stuff that's why i stick to the high country yeah you know what i do i keep my ass out of places where poison oak grows yeah that's, because it's the smart decision yeah. for me yeah you know so you're on that's a zone hunt yeah you're in your tiburon shorts it's yeah. hot as balls with your new bow <laughs> yeah and my buddy and i were walking along and all of a sudden we get past this little knoll we're looking at it's pretty brushy and i just happen to turn around and peek back and there's two bucks a little forker one bedded up under a, a manzanita bush mm-hmm. and luckily we both kind of stopped at the same time and I just a couple hand signals you know looked that way and uh, we were only I think 50 60 yards at that point oh wow yeah so you were in tight tight yeah I mean getting there and so we both slowly just kind of backed up and and uh, I was able to get out of their sight and sneak in to Mm-hmm. I didn't have my rangefinder on me. Mm-hmm. I had ended up le- left it in the truck. Nice. And I was like, I went on a hunting trip with a guy one time, dude. He left the he left his rangefinder. I didn't have a tag. He did, and he left his rangefinder in his jeep. So he's all, oh, dude, can I borrow your rangefinder? We're like five miles back in. I was like, dude, really? But yeah, that's how it goes, right? So it ended up being after I ranged it later, it was thirty four yards. Yeah, and. Uh, I drew back, picked the biggest one, and and uh, I let her fly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew I'd hit it the way the buck jumped and kicked and yeah. did its thing. And uh, kind of dropped to a knee and shaking, like fist pumping, super pumped. Buck like, fever, dude. And um, I didn't really have buck fever until after the shot, mm-hmm. which is weird because I remember most bucks I still to this day with a rifle. I'll start shaking. Mm-hmm. And really, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's terrible. With, yeah, with, and with a bow, I didn't have any of that. Calm. I had too much. I think I had too much going through my head trying to get nerves of steel s- sequence down before anything. draw arrow anchor anchor know, level yeah. sight guess and the whole deal. I complete pass through. Mm-hmm. And did you find the arrow? Yeah, I found it. Oh right, wow! Literally right behind where the. It got. It went into the manzanita brush and just fell right in the into the manzanita. So mm-hmm. I went and picked it up and it had a little bit of blood on it, but it had some more like that meat, that meat mm-hmm. texture to the outside of the the arrow and on the fletchings. There wasn't much blood. Mm-hmm. And I knew the shot was kind of a little bit back and a little high. Mm-hmm. And so I waited a little bit, kind of stayed within the first thirty yards of the direction he took off and let him sit. I don't know. Maybe an hour, and then, you know, I couldn't help but go look. So. Yeah. Did you find a blood trail? Or? Yeah. We followed a very small blood trail. It's probably blood every 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So 
It took us about four hours to make it about 200 yards Yeah, with the blood trail. So when you were looking for blood, like were you guys getting down on your hands and knees and yeah. looking at tracks? And it was hands and just knees. Just trying to go over every inch. It was very little blood. Dude, too. I've and been there, man. That's rough. And the highest of the highest to the lowest of the lowest, man. Right. It's just... I think Connection, yeah. pass through, yeah. blood trailing, blood thin. Yep, super Ugh. thin. And we get over to where this property ends, and we lost blood a while back. Mm-hmm. And we just decided to, at that point, mark it and then go just kind of looking around. Spiral. Just, just do what we can do. Yeah. And uh, ended up making it to where the property ended and just glassed from there for a couple hours and nothing. Mm-hmm. How long did you look for that buck? <laughs> a week. You spent a week looking yeah, for it? I was... And you never found... Was it birds or... I looked for buzzards, crows, whatever, and yeah. I never found birds, never nothing. I honestly think there was one buck that looked very similar mm-hmm. to him that I saw about a month later, and I, I think he lived. Yeah. But... It's possible. Yeah. It's totally possible. I was looking for a mark in the hide or something, you know, mm-hmm. just to something, but. Yeah. I never found anything, but a buck that looked very similar. So. Yeah. How'd that feel? For the first. Was that your first archery buck? Yeah. So you lost your first archery yeah. buck. How'd that feel? Um, dude, it was <laughs> literally had a hard time going to sleep that night. Yeah. And. Um, just a, I think what worried me more was learning the death cycle with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. He was too, he was pretty coarse when it came to trying to teach that to me. So I wasn't very prepared to lose my first animal, I guess you could say. Um, you weren't really ready. You were ready for the cycle of life yeah. and not the cycle of death with no reward. No, no re- not even the reward, but not letting it go to waste. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Growing up, <laughs> that meat was precious. For sure. So, well, especially then, in like you were saying, man, your family depended on it. Yeah. It was a very big part of the learning process, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, in growing up. So losing that buck was like... Devastating. Devastating. I, like, I let my... You know, thinking in my head, I let my you know, grandfather down, you know, and just starting to go through the every emotion you mm-hmm. can. Isn't that and so fucked how we'll do that? Dude. And then you're like, he lived, and then you're like, no, he's fucking dead somewhere. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, rough, fighting dude. It, dude. It, was, it was bad. I All remember right. my uh, first archery buck, I missed my first opportunity on an archery buck. And uh, it was the most, I mean, like, the best setup you could ever imagine, right? Like, Buck walks out broadside 20 yards in front of me. <laughs> My dad is 80 yards on the other side of the buck with his binoculars looking at the buck. The buck's looking at my dad, and my dad is also looking at me going into full draw behind the buck, right? And it's mm-hmm. going to be my first archery buck. My dad's getting to watch the whole thing. It's, like, better than filming it. <laughs> And I go to draw, and my heart, I'm like, buck fever, 110%, like, freaking out, panicking, everything, like, the full range of emotions. 
and I'm drawing back and my arrow squeaks on my rest. Mm. But I mean, it's not loud. I can hear it because I'm like in the emotion of everything going down. And I cringe, and when I cringed, it's the web of my thumb. It clicked the release, you know, fired the trigger, and I shot the arrow over the buck's back. But, like, I was damn near in tears for, like, three days. Like, that wrecked me. I mean, mean, you know, like, I didn't hit it, but it was, like, that was my 20 yards. That's a give me. Yep. Period. Like... You don't mess that up. No. I mean, it's archery. You can yep. mess anything up at any time, no matter how close. But you but can't. You you can't paint a better situation. Yeah. And that, that was it. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I can just relate to like that feeling of like that first experience that could have been so great that yeah. just went terribly wrong. You yeah, know? that's exactly it. I, I haven't drawn back on buck since. Really? Yeah. I didn't get to hunt much this last year due to fire, fire season. We had a pretty good fire season in California. <laughs> yeah. I swear, like, every time I talked to you, you'd be, like, sending me a video or, like, you're going to some fire mm-hmm. or, like, some Instagram story or you're going somewhere else. And I was always like, dude, this dude is, like, in the middle of this shit. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> keeps me busy during yeah. fire season. So, yeah, if I get out, it's a rare occasion. And I try to do the, you know, spend time with family stuff when I'm off. So that really limits deer seasons. So. Yeah. But I, I get out a couple times. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to anybody that maybe is trying to either, you know, get into some D-zone or some A-zone hunting, whether it's archery or rifle or, um, you know, do you have any pointers that maybe would have helped you when you were first getting into it? Put in the time. Put in the time. Put in the time. Scouting or? Scouting, e-scouting, yeah. whatever you got to do. Uh-huh. Do you whatever e-scout? You time for it. Yeah, yeah. You do. Onyx and Google Earth. Onyx and Google Earth. Part. Really? So you, yeah. that, that's what you kind of do yeah. when you have the time. Yeah. Because I'm at, <laughs> at night at work laying in bed yeah. or whatever. I'm yeah. just sitting there Google Earth and something, you know. Yeah. I'm always on Google. Looking for water holes yeah. or, you know, typography, yeah. whatever it might be. Whatever looks good for, you know, for what I'm trying to trying to do. So Yeah. But uh, do your scouting and uh, don't always set your goals, but don't be afraid to not fulfill. Yeah. Or make it to that just take everything as a, a learning example and yeah eventually you'll connect you put in the time you put in the effort hard work um pays off it pays off yeah or luck one of the two yeah right <laughs> yeah. i mean it's all you know 90 percent of hunting is luck right yeah hard yeah. work residue yeah <laughs> <laughs> seriously so let's change gears a little bit let's dive into some elk because when you and I first started talking like two years ago, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it was even longer than that. I don't know. It was a while ago. Yeah. When we first connected, it was over Tule Elk. Yeah. And, and looking at Tule Elk and you were always trying to get me to come shed hunt with you, you know, where you go out, yep, yep. Um, you know, and, and, and check out the Tule Elk out there, which I've been out there a couple times and gotten to see some, some different Tule Elk. Uh, compared to the normal place where I go, um, what do you love? Like, what what was your passion? Like, how did you get involved in checking out Tulio? So, I've always loved elk in general. Growing up, watching elk on TV, and are they not the, the most majestic and animals? Dude, crazy, yeah. Like how people are not the back on deer hunters, but if you love deer more than elk, you got a little something wrong with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh huh. And. 
but elk are just super beautiful and just an elk bugling at 15 yards in your face is just there's no comparison yeah no comparison yeah and uh so where i where i go see tule elk is 10 minutes 15 minutes from my house yeah to cash creek herd and uh so it's super easy for me to get up there mm-hmm. and um, there's a cow fire station right across the street, so that helps. Yeah. Do you I, ever get to go to that work out of that station? Or no, because no? the way the state's broke up, it's a whole different unit. So oh, okay. If we're down here working, it's because they got some stuff going on and mm-hmm. we're covering. So, but so I always stop in and say, "Hey, or what's up, get, guys? You know, have you guys seen the elk lately? Yes. Yeah. They're on. They bounce around that Cash Creek property. Yeah. There's a few little herds, and you know, so. You kind of, you can waste a whole afternoon finding out where they are. I've been up there, I don't can't count how many times and never saw an elk. Yeah, me and uh, Mark went up there one summer day. Bad idea. Yeah. We found no elk and a lot of sweat and tears. Dude. That place. That place will get you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I spend a lot of my spring up there hiking around, shed hunting, getting ready for fire season, getting in shape, and... and uh, but yeah, dude, I love that place. Those elk are... Uh-huh. They're not the biggest elk. Tule elk. Just that herd compared to the rest oh, of okay. California. Yeah. Tule elk are small in general. And yeah. And this, this herd, not known for the best genetics or size, mm-hmm. but... Uh, but there's tags available. Close to home, yeah. Yeah. I believe there's two adult bull tags and a apprentice tag. Yeah, like a junior and, tag. Yeah, junior tag. And... Uh, it's uh, it's fun to watch these watch these bulls get harvested and see which ones make it through the season. It's just a little mm-hmm. fun thing to. Well, the elk will disappear the out there oh, once yeah. the season opens up. Season I'm sure. starts, they hit private property mm-hmm. or they they move. They're they're pretty weary. Well, something that I found too in that Cache Creek man is like some hunters, deer hunters, will go into Cache Creek and they'll shoot elk. Thinking that they're yeah. fucking deer. That happened. That was two years, two years ago. ago. Two different guys. One guy called fishing game and was like, "I shot a whitetail," and they're like, yeah. "There's no whitetail in this state." And it turned out to be like one of the biggest elk that they had in the Cash Creek herd, if I remember correctly. So I only remember seeing pictures of one of the bulls. Was it the Was it the it six was, by? No, it was small. Okay, super small. Because the one I'm talking about was like a nine by seven. See, I never saw pictures of that one. Yeah. And I, I don't even remember seeing that bull. Yeah. So, I, but, yeah, those idiots. And I heard one story from the Cal Fire guys that one guy actually went down a heat stroke. Oh, that's your shit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, had to call him, his kid called 911. Uh-huh. And had to get flown off the hill, and that's how they found out they were out there killing elk. Oh, really? Yeah. That's crazy. So all that meat wasted, right? Can you imagine? Yeah. Like I can't imagine to be a fishing game warden and to get a phone call saying that someone shot an elk thinking it was a deer. Like how do you fuck that up? <laughs> I don't know. I can't even. I can't even fathom it. Like, right? It's ridiculous. Right. But. Um. So, you've actually done some hunts out there before. Yep, I got to uh, 
a buddy of mine, his his friend drew the tag this last year, uh-huh. and um, my buddy Mike was telling me about it, and I, I told him, ask him if he wants some help. Like, I don't, I don't want to get paid, I don't want to do nothing, I just, just want to go. Yeah. Like, I just want to be a part of it. And I'm like, I know the area, back of my hand, and I can pretty much guarantee you probably the biggest elk in that general area. As long as not another. Oh my god. That's the one the guy shot. Dude. That he thought was a deer. A white tailed deer. It's a huge fucking white tail. That's a huge white tail. God. Those thirds. Those are You don't find thirds. that in that herd. Isn't Third, that bizarre? Thirds are fucking tiny. Yeah. In that herd. Yeah. God. Anyway. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> no, dude. I knew that I had a I'm picture glad, of it somewhere. I wanted to show you. I'm glad you showed me. Yeah. Um, no, I don't remember seeing ever seeing that bull. Yeah. Sad but, yeah. day, dude. dude. Crazy. So you guys, your buddy got drawn. Yep. And so I think he told me about a couple months beforehand, and I was just chills and stood for this date to come. I was just like, took time off work. Yeah. I like. This was this was my big thing for the year. I was like, this is it. Yeah. And uh, we get out there the night before they show up. I've been scouting shit for a month before. And uh, the the hunter and his buddy get out there the night before. And all of a sudden, right there at Cowboy Camp, that campground that's right there. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, horse trailer after horse trailer after horse trailer comes piling in there. Probably 100 horse trailers. And RVs and shit, just mayhem. Is a rodeo in circuit there or some shit? There was a trail riding event, like this a trail riding association's biggest event of the year, started opening morning right through where we're hunting. No. Yeah. And whoa. Uh, finally, we're like, wow, there's people piling in here, and then we stopped stopped somebody on the way in, and they told us that was what's going on, and <coughs> we're like, shit. And I'd known where this. This bull that we ended up killing, mm-hmm. I had seen for two years. I always called him Wilbur because Wilbur, Wilbur Springs is the name of the Cal Fire Station right there. Mm-hmm. And I always saw him right there across the street from the station. Yeah. So I always called him Wilbur after that. But uh, So I've always seen him right there. And I knew, I asked enough people where they were starting their trail ride. Yeah. And from where they were starting to where he liked to hang out in the morning... I figured I picked a spot where I thought he might take his cows because they yeah. still had cows at that point. They weren't pushing, but they were still interested anyway. Yeah. And uh, so that next morning, we basically got opposite of where those horses were going to ride in, and they they pushed him right to us. No way! Right to us. How we, lucky is that, dude? I couldn't have. I looked like a genius. Yeah. But it was all luck. <laughs> I woke up went a million different ways and I was telling him I'm like this is where I think he's gonna go um cause the way that that little flat plateau that was up top kind of funneled mm-hmm. I said if we come in this side and get up I've been up there before yeah and if you that little parking lot there if mm-hmm. you jump up top right there and you can kind of see all the way back there to those lakes and, and yeah. if he's coming across there you'll pick him off at some point yeah and then he's just making a move at that so 
we ended up getting up there and we started looking kind of zigzagging back and forth there checking out different draws and um, his buddy went up the way a little bit and uh, we hadn't seen any elk yet it's probably 7:30 ish and uh, we're walking around and all of a sudden he hits me on the radio and it's like hey I got elk mm-hmm. I'm like cool any bulls and he goes, yeah, I got, I got a bull. I'm like, is that the bull we're looking for? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> You're uh, like, you need to know this you stuff. You got pictures, man. Come on, is this the bull? And he's like, I think so. He's a big bull. I'm like, is it the biggest bull that you've seen since you've been here? He goes, yeah. So I'm like, so we go over and meet up with him. And he stops us for about 200 yards from him. And he's kind of up over a little knoll. And he stops us and he kind of... Tells us to start making our way west from where we were because they would feed. If we headed west, they were going to feed right into us. Yeah. And uh, we moved and we got into position and we had two spikes bust us at about 50 yards. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The spikes came through first and immediately. It was wind wasn't good. It was just everything was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And so they decide to half the herd, they kind of split us. Half the herd went around one way and half the herd went around the other way. And Tim, he's like, I just saw that bull go over here. So we start running mm-hmm. and we get over to where they're starting to go down into a draw and then come up yeah. the other side. And we're on, you know, the other side of the draw. So we see him come up out of the draw. And he's getting on him and I get down to the binos and I start looking. I'm like, yeah, it's him. And boom, as soon as I said that's him, he sinks around into him, right up his ass. <laughs> oh, and, wow. And uh, he, he kind of hobbles a little bit, turns broadside, and he drills him again, and he doesn't go 20 yards. And dumps. Done. Wow. And uh, <laughs> He's a big bull for tule elk. Yeah, as far as body size and that area. Antlers. Antlers, he was a damn good bull. So what did the guy say when he walked up to the bull? <laughs> uh, Tim had... And I'll preface this a little bit so Tim doesn't sound like an asshole. <laughs> uh, but he shot multiple. He shot rockies, big animals. Big bulls. Big bulls. Archery. Yeah. So when he walked up to this thing, he's like, Dude, this thing this is small. Yeah. Like, damn, this thing's small. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head, like, man, this is all I got to play <laughs> with. And just like, Yo, if you knew how much effort went into me <laughs> looking at this bull for the last X amount of years, yeah. let me tell you what, buddy. <laughs> Damn, this thing is tiny, is I think the exact words. Right. But, uh, well, cause, and you know your way around there. You know that herd fairly well. You yeah. spend a lot of time in there researching and, and you know, mm-hmm. checking trail cameras. And, you, you know, like you put a lot of work into that, mm-hmm. into that area, Cash, into the Cash Creek Wilderness area. Most of the time it's just for fun, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's never because I'm looking to get a hunter or whatever. It's just, yeah. Elk are my passion. It's the closest to my house. It's my best opportunity. And when it's in your backyard, why not? And with the time I have to do it, it's yeah. a no-brainer for me. Yeah. So, but no, that that was that was the miserable pack out. Yeah. It was October. Yeah, and it's first week of October, and it was still ninety-four degrees. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah, and just there was three of us packing out. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, uh, so did you guys put tape on that elk or I did how I did. so how much did he end up measuring so out to he went off I, I didn't get to measure him right away which yeah. I was 
kind of bummed about, but either way, yeah. he went off to the Beatle guy, he got back, and I got a tape on him uh, two months later, and he was two, two sixty-seven. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah, 267. That's a pretty good bowl for that yeah, area. For that area. Yeah. I Like, that's a toad. When when I first got up to him, I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking 250s. So mm-hmm. I was stoked to... Know that he was know 17 inches over where you were thinking. Yeah. Shit, you can't yeah. beat that. And he was broke. Yeah. He had a broken third on his right. Oh, really? Yeah. Fighting. So I lost about six to eight inches there. Yeah. Do you have good thirds? No. No. They were, they were like 16 inches. I feel like down. a lot of California elk have weak thirds. A lot of elk that I see just in general, I mm-hmm. guess. I always feel like thirds just get weak, dude. Yeah. I've been fairly lucky so far with both the bulls that I've killed. I haven't had weak thirds yet. So. That's good. I feel good about that. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I know. I got to get. I got to. I got to hit that 350 class bull, then I'll feel pretty accomplished. You will. One day. Maybe. Will. If I'm lucky. I'll I don't work. know. Yeah. Right? Right? So, do you feel like, I mean, is that essentially right in the in the scope of big bulls that'll come out of there? Do you feel like maybe Cash Creek could have some gem deep in there that might be bigger? Or? So, I've always heard, and especially this last year, I had a guy who I stopped and talked to who kind of lives in that area mm-hmm. and he's also loves the elk so he's always checking them out too yeah and he said there's one bull that he thought was over 300 really in there but he was on private property yeah a little further all the west. big bulls out there i, I feel so. like are always on private all the ones property. around redbud there in the rock quarry they yeah. are it's all private so yeah well nate it's so easy for them to just jump right over the oh. fence you know oh yeah so i mean it that that place has always got potential. Yeah. But right place, right time. Right. How or lucky are you? to hunt private. Yeah. But if you're willing to pay trespassing fees. Yeah. There's there, there's a guy right there at the rock quarry who, if you have the tag and you're a police, fire, uh, military, mm-hmm. he'll let you hunt. Oh, really? Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. If you're not, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um... What'd you think of the tule elk we got to look at today? Dude, I mean, we only saw two decent bulls, but, but dude, I tule elk in general. If I get to lay eyes on tule elk, yeah, it's a win for me. Yeah, I mean, how that's, many that's the way I feel. how many elk would you say we saw in total today? Probably eighty to hundred. Mm-hmm. That what you're thinking? No, I would probably think we saw around two hundred and fifty. Holy shit! Maybe three hundred. Wow. The far herd, the close herd, the herd on the top slope. All the little herds we saw while driving. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But. Wow, it was way off. <laughs> but yeah, man, these, these elk out here on the coast are special. Special, special. I've never been out here, dude, and I really appreciate you taking me out. Oh, dude. Don't even mention that shit. Have you ever gotten to uh, get out to the Grizzly Island herd? You mm. haven't checked that out yet? Nope. Um, no. I need to. Yeah. I need to because... You should talk to Mark, dude. Mark I, knows the Grizzly Island herd pretty well. Yeah. I yeah. see him out there. He take, takes some good photos. He takes some great photos out there. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. You should holler at him about it. I'm going to. I'm sure he'd especially, be happy to take you. Yeah. I'm going to holler for sure. Yeah. So, going further, after your elk hunt, right, you kind of got a little break in there, mm-hmm. right? 
And then you got to dive into your first helping, you were, mm-hmm. you know, assisting on a, on a bang up unit for mule deer in oh, California yeah. on a late season hunt with a junior? Yep, junior. What was that experience like? Dude, it was running mule deer. I got to experience a couple years prior with my buddy drew the GP tag. Yeah. But that was my first experience for late season. Yeah, I remember because that was like right around the first time you and I ever were talking was yeah. maybe a month prior to that mm-hmm. hunt or two months prior to that hunt. And so that was my first experience with rutting mule deer. And mm-hmm. I was hooked. Isn't it <laughs> amazing? I Not quite too little screaming in your face. But <laughs> it's close. It's close. Um, so that was different. Uh-huh. And your buddy smoked a toad on that G three. Yeah, man. it was like a six by seven. He wasn't the biggest, buck. but he was a savage. Yeah, he was but savage. for he was California, savage. yeah, that was, that was retarded. Dude. Kickers off both sides. I think he's outside thirty with the kickers, mm-hmm. but he wasn't very tall and so he, you, he good buck. So you got to go down and you met up with uh, Josh. Right, Josh, was Josh yeah. there and, and, Josh and Jake and, all the Kika crew? Jake, yeah, Kika crew was down there. Kicking it down with some pizza and some Gatorade. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. If you want to get on Jake's good side. Pizza and Gatorade. You don't even have to bring the pizza. Just bring the uh, the limon or the lemon cucumber That's Gatorade. the best Gatorade. <laughs> Dude, I had no idea. Those guys yes. Have you ever tried that one? one? I did. First time on that one. What did you say? Jake, Jake showed it to me. I went home. It's literally the best Gatorade, especially like the after. I went to Winco. Yeah. And I bought Bought like 40 of them. I bought a flat. Fuck. Maybe two. But they were so good. Mm -hmm. But so that was was good. But then this hunt in Round Valley with the junior, um, I think it was she was 15 or 16. Uh huh. A a girl. And she. her dad had hunted with Kika before. Okay. I think the year or two prior, mm-hmm. he had uh, sheep hunting the whites. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how they knew those. Can't that, beat that, a sheep that, hunt that in the White Mountains. That's a trek in there. <laughs> <laughs> right? No no driving to that one. Mm-mm. Um, but so many mule deer. Mm-hmm. And growing up in the north, you know, not seeing much mule deer, seeing all blacktail or river bucks or whatever. Yeah. I'm looking at 25, 26 inch 4 by 4 And you're like, that's a stud. Oh my God. That's a shooter. That's great. This, you know, and uh, I was sending pictures to the group tech, phone scope stuff, and they're just like, find bigger. (laughs) I was like, all right. Yeah. Um, So we ended up, I think I was there for about a four four days, Mm -hmm. five days maybe. And, uh, I don't remember who's uh, Jake. Mm-hmm. He uh, he found a buck, still kind of um, a little higher than we expected, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely. Did you guys have much weather on that trip? Right before. Mm-hmm. So right before it snowed like crazy. Mm-hmm. There was probably well for that low, mm-hmm. and there was probably the highest we made it up. There was probably three four feet of snow. Yeah. And then down in the low. Yeah. One to two feet. Yeah. But when I was there prior, the prior year, there was no snow. Uh-huh. That drought year, we had nothing. Yeah. So. Um, well, those are the worst, dude. That's the worst part about the late season tags in California is if you don't get weather, you're mm-hmm. almost fucked, dude. Once in a lifetime tag and you're, 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 you're 
car, your big car to snow. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. What a waste. And a it decent has, amount yeah. of it, too. Yeah. It takes a little bit to get those bikes down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jake found a really nice buck. Mm-hmm. You've seen pictures of him. Sure. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was six by five. Had a nice, like, eight, six to eight inch inline right in between the forks mm-hmm. on the left side. And it was just, it was just a cool buck. She was stoked. Yeah. She made, she made a good shot and dumped that thing. That's awesome. So some of the best trophy photos I've mm-hmm. seen, that backdrop with the snow and that little basin we were in, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get, you can't beat that. And then also, you know, you're helping a kid out. And, oh, yeah. You know, and the That's experience great. collectively has just got to be so powerful on the yeah. mountain that day. I, dude, I can't, I can't thank the, the Kika guys enough. Those guys have obviously trusted me to help. Yeah. Yeah. And I am learning constantly. Yeah. Those guys are a wealth of knowledge. Wealth. Yes. Like nonstop learning. Yes. Yeah. If Josh has a lot of information about damn. mule deer. It's insane. He is a mule deer genius. Yeah. That guy knows this shit. He does. Yeah. He definitely does. It's 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 fun for me. I talk to Jake fairly often and it's fun for me because like I'm on this teetering edge right now where I'm growing out of mule deer hunting not Mm -hmm. growing out of it but like it's not the challenge that it once was for me and I really want to get I need more of a challenge Mm -hmm. like I thirst for that challenge in hunting and I'm really on the pinnacle of wanting to dive into sheep hunting mind you like I don't have the financial backing to do it. I don't yeah. have like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have no idea how I'm going to make this happen, but, but you're like, going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. And the amount of patience and tolerance that Jake has shown me in the minimal amount that we've discussed sheep hunting and, and you know, him educating me on it um, has been amazing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's, forthcoming like he has no problem talking to me about stuff he, you uh, know what i mean like which is great you know and, and like what you're saying man they're they're in my opinion their whole crew they're a bunch of stand-up dudes they've always been great super super nice to me they've always been you know what i mean like willing to talk to me you know allowing me to pick their brain when i have questions about odds and ends and different things so it's you know it's you know it's it's neat it's awesome yeah. they're definitely a good group of dudes good group of dudes I, for sure so rolling out of that hunt, two weeks later, two weeks later, you roll into your first sheep hunt, right? Yeah. And not only, I mean, so that audio clip that we played at the beginning, yeah, that was like rammed down. That was yeah. Sheep on the ground. I mean, Everything yeah. just got real. So explain, explain to me. You're driving down to go get in on your first sheep hunt. What's going through your head? So I think it was two days after Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'm driving. I think I... Because you're one of the first guys in the camp, if I remember correctly, yeah, right? Franklin was the first one there. Yeah, well, I mean, and obviously. Then, but. Yeah. And then I was the second guy there. I had an eight and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking... 
mind you, these the Kika guys are the guys I've looked up to for a long time. You know, just watching yeah. social media and this and that. And I'm like, I think I'm finally getting to share a sheep camp. Some of the greatest sheep hunters. Yeah. You know, and I'm just trying not to make it too big in my head. You know? <laughs> just like keep it downplayed yeah, so you don't fan out too yeah, much. Yeah, right. Let me fangirl on you. Real quick. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, totally. And, uh, I totally get it, man. And uh, I'm just so I make it to camp. Actually, we don't even have camp at that point. We don't know where we're gonna camp yet. And uh, Jake sends me a pin, and I make it to the pin, and he's, you know, let's start glassing the hillside up there to your, the west or whatever, and so I just glass, and eventually Jake makes his way to me, and we start saying our hellos and bullshitting. And, and from there on out, it was probably the best 10 days of my life. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sheep camp, who'd have thought? Yeah, I mean, but like, so just, I mean, so you're nervous on the way down. You don't want to fan out. You're yeah. trying to be, you know, Definitely. an upstanding dude, right? You're having a good time. You meet up with Jake. You guys are getting squared away. Mm-hmm. Jake went back home for a day or two, right? Yeah, he had, he had some Christmas family stuff to go. Yeah, he had, he had some stuff to go do. So he kind of was just, he left you out there. Yeah, I, was, I think I had a day and a half almost. It was a full day and like two nights out there. By yourself? By myself, sleeping in the... I slept in the back of a horse trailer mm-hmm. in the middle of the desert. Was, so the wall tents weren't up yet? No, because we hadn't decided where we were going to put camp yet based yeah. on where the majority of the rains were going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, so I scouted for a day and a half by myself. So what was that like? It was crazy because at that point when he left, we had seen a ram and I was able to lay eyes on my first sheep behind sheep glass. Behind glass in so, person. Is there a difference between looking at sheep behind glass to looking at deer behind glass or looking at elk behind I think glass? After seeing them finally, mm-hmm. I think they're easy, probably one of the easier animals to spot. Yeah. Their white ass sticks out. Like a sore thumb. thumb. It's and like that, the orange ass on an elk. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that unit, rams, have a little different color horns. Mm-hmm. They're a little more golden, a little more yellow, you know. Yeah. Just, they stick out a little more. Yeah. And so I finally got to lay eyes on a ram. Mm-hmm. And I'm like getting phone scope and doing this, just super stoked. And so I, got, I knew what a ram looked like. And at that point, scouting by myself, I'm like, I got to find rams. Yeah. Like I'm going to be. I got to be. I got to do this. I got to do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to. I, you know, I don't want to let nobody down. Yeah. You know, I'm out there to help. Yeah. I got to do my part. Yeah. 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 And so I ended up finding a couple of ewes. I think while he was gone, never did find another ram. Yeah. Um, but we were saving the juice uh-huh. for opening morning. Mm-hmm. And we we're going to go in there and blow it out. Jake had it already in his mind, kind of figured one spot was where the majority of the rams were going to be. Yeah. We were just kind of canceling out all the other Other stuff, spots, maybe spots. something could show yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, so I spent the first... Let's see. I don't even remember how many days. It was a total of 10 days I was there. And I think we only hunted with the hunter three days, maybe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Uh, three days. So the rest of that was just running around scouting. Yeah. And uh, learning a bunch, getting poked by every cactus known to man. How'd that feel? Did you have not, to pull any, used to it. Yeah. any thorns out? Uh, that morning we shot that ram. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I ended up hiking up with Jake Barry up to the top of Katy Peak, or near Katy Peak, and I'm getting ready to crest over the edge, just kind of creeping to look down below me, and, and there's, I know there's rams there because Jeff's on the radio going, some rams just spooked from where Austin was supposed to pop top out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, shit, it's blue rams out. I'm like, <laughs> how bad did you dude, feel? I'm like, you're embarrassed. Flushed. <laughs> I'm like, I thought I'd been, I, you know, I'd been out there for a little bit. So I'm like, maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it was just coincidence, but mm-hmm. um, either, either way. Yeah. You know, there's, Jake always says no excuse for spooking rams. Yeah. You know, so, um, thank goodness it wasn't the rams we were looking for. Uh-huh. Rams. <laughs> You're all right. Yes. Fist pump. And, uh, so I get up top and as all that's going down, I had no idea I'm laying in a cactus. Oh, really? Yeah. All up my shin. Uh-huh. And... When I get up to move, because the ram we're after didn't cooperate, just booked it, started booking it for no reason, and we'd end up finding another ram at that point. But So we were moving, and I get up, and I'm like, my leg is tingling. Mm-hmm. Like, it's starting to go numb. I thought I was, like, sitting on it weird or whatever. Going to sleep. Going to sleep. And I looked down, and I got, like, blood coming through my pants. No way. Yeah, it was enough. It was like two or three spines, but they must have been hollow or something. Yeah. And it just allowed blood to come out. And I was like flowing. Spines out. And <laughs> uh. But as soon as I pulled them out, my leg felt fine. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's good. But so what would you say the difficulties were on a sheep hunt, on your first sheep hunt? Not knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm. I think was my biggest, my biggest uh, problem that I faced. Mm-hmm. Because I've always been the type of guy to want to help to the extreme. Yeah. I'll go farther, go longer, yeah. higher, hotter, whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't You're matter. doing it. I'm doing it. If, yeah. some, if it needs to be done, I'm doing it. Yeah. And so not wanting to overcommit myself to something that I didn't know. Because you had no idea prior to this what really what hunting. you were getting into. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so... What did California desert sheep hunting look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I couldn't really just dive in and help like I wanted to help. I like with a mule deer hunt yeah. or a tule elk hunt or something like mm-hmm. that. Because it's, you know, it's new. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just didn't want to dive in and screw anything up. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? So I kind of... I wouldn't say I kind of stayed back and watched, but I kind of... I stayed close. Yeah. And I just did, did what I could. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. And, uh, but it worked out. Was the experience everything you thought it was going to be? It was, and, and definitely more. more. <laughs> definitely more. Sharing camp with those dudes is something else. Is something else. The, That's like a whole life experience in itself. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Cheap, man. It's, is uh, it unreal? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, dude. I haven't done to, it yet. You have to. I'm gonna. You have to. I'm trying. Let me fucking get drawn for it. Single ram in your glass. Yeah. You're just like I've glassed up rams before, and like when they do their like majestic skyline shit, like, dude, that's a real thing. Yeah, I remember. That's not like a painting thing. Like it's a painting because that shit happens. Yeah, Jake was telling me. I'm like, 
when I first got there, I'm like, okay, so what do these things look like on the hillside? So I kind of know what I'm looking for. He's like, white ass and this and that. He goes, and if you see a ram perched out on a rock looking all kinds of majestic, that happens. This is what these things do. I mean, yeah, like, it's not just a picture. No, that, that it's happens. real. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. But, so. Good. So it was all that in a bag of chips. Oh, yeah. For sure. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. You're like, sign me up. I'm on yeah. board. Yep. Do you see that? You saw the ram he just dumped. Yeah, that was a, uh, a big ram. That's a smoker, dude. Big ram. That's a smoker. I love the Mexico look of the horns, that color, that real kind of brown. Uh-huh. Just, poof. Really? Yeah. It's like chocolate horn deer versus yeah. the ladder, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You kind of have a preference. Yeah, no, totally. I yeah. totally get it. Yeah. I just, I just ordered great rams. The collection, mm-hmm. right? Ooh, how much that cost you? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but, I had one book and it wasn't cheap. Would you get great rams for? Four, yeah. Yeah. Well, I felt like I was like, I'll get great rams for, and then I looked and I was like, I kind of want to just get all of them. And you got to. I plan on especially them all if time. I if I'm gonna hunt sheep and I really want to get into it. Like, I want to read the stories. I want to look at the adventures. I want to understand on a wide and those are some thick ass books dude. Mm-hmm. like they're not skinny yeah. little books you know so I'm, I'm really looking forward at like getting into them what do you think I mean you, I haven't got my shipment hasn't got I had here mine yet. for I had this before I even knew I was wanted to sheep, be involved in sheep before hunting. you were going yeah yeah um, and it's, it's I hate to say this but it's been on my bookshelf for Two years now. Uh-huh. I think I've opened it and skimmed through it, but never actually got done reading it. Yeah. But um, I told myself I'm gonna save it for work. Yeah. When I'm at work, laying on my bunk, downtime, and just I'm gonna hammer them out. Yeah. So. Goals. Goals. This year. Crushing. Crushing them. Sheep. Sheep. That's awesome. It's like. I mean, it's the pinnacle of hunting. I think so. You seen that new? That I think yeah, you did. You posted it. The Kuyu thing. Jason's don't wait. Last time. Don't wait. Yeah, dude. Talk about emotional. Fuck, dude. If that doesn't inspire you to sheep hunt, find something else to do. Well, and then the, also the the one they put out last summer, marathon. Mm-hmm. Marathon of dreams, and like the passion that he had for sheep hunting is. Nothing less than inspired and inspiring. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, um, <sighs> that shit just I, that renders me speechless. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, I mean, dude, that when that when they when they dropped it at like an ungodly hour in the middle yeah. of the fucking night, yeah, onto their YouTube channel. I tuned in and watched it, and I don't think I've ever seen a hunt that resonated with me more on um, what I want to achieve as a hunter. Yeah. Right? As goals, as a hunter, don't wait. Like, I'm already in turbo mode as far as wanting to sheep. <laughs> yeah. And that pushed me into, like, double, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, twin turbos. You know, like, 
don't wait, man. And like, I'm... There's so much truth in the title of that. Dude. Don't wait. Don't wait. Yeah. You know, and, and no, don't. You know, and that's... For me, that's where I'm at. You know, like... I can hunt the fuck out of some deer in California. You know what I mean? And like, sure, is there obstacles and is it tough sometimes? Yeah, but it's really in it. It's not shit. And if that's how I feel about hunting deer in California, when I hunt deer anywhere else, it's not a problem. Because the deer in other states is so much easier compared to the deer here that it's not difficult for me, per se. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, for me, I you know, and we were talking about this earlier, is, like, my, my goal is to be 100% focused on sheep hunting by 20, 2021 hunting season. Oh, yeah. And that will be, you know, and like, why not this year? Why not 2020, right? I mean, yeah. but, I just don't see that happening no, in you 2020. Gotta, you you got to have time to plan these. You know what I mean? And that's exactly. It's going to be, it's going to take planning. It's going to take serious effort. I'm going to have to sacrifice a lot of things that I have going on in my life um, outside of hunting seasons that are now going to have to be part of sheep hunting and and what I want to get into for sheep. And I'm not, you know, like I'll come back to fucking Sitka blacktail or coos deer hunting or, or other stuff like that. I'm sure I will, you know, but like I want to hunt sheep and I want to do it more than anything on this planet. And every year that I don't get to do it, I feel is a year wasted, but like you said, it takes planning to get mm-hmm. to it, you know? Definitely. But if you had to pick one sheep right now to kill, what's it going to be? First one. What would be my first sheep? First hunt? sheep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so actually I talked Every, to everybody has that one hunt. In their I, you know, I don't, I don't have like one hunt where really? I'm like, that would be the hunt. What I would say I want my first sheep hunt to be. Um, I have a really good idea of what my first sheep hunt is going to be. Um, but I want to find one of the worst sheep hunts on the planet. And by worst, (laughs) I don't mean like shitty odds. I mean like mentally taxing, physically demanding, um, terrorism against myself and I want to put myself in the deepest part of the deep end and sink or swim motherfucker figure this out yeah you know and that's that's just how I like to play because I know if I can do that you know and it, you know it was like they say in that video it's like what Jason said in that video three days three days it'll take three days for me to decide if I'm a sheep hunter mm-hmm. and if I can make it past the first three days or whatever three days of the worst hunting. And I've talked to Brendan about it as well. You know, and, and you either have it or you don't, you know. And and one of the last times I was down in Kuyu and I was talking to Brendan, he was like, there's a whole story behind it that hopefully one day he'll tell, but... He was like, when that plane takes off and you're in isolation, basically, like when that plane takes off, there's, yeah, dude, that's, 
and the reality sets in that this is your reality for the next 10 days. Yeah. Right? Like, he's like, that will make or break people. And he's like, I've seen that break people in the first day of hiking in. You know, and he told me some stories about when him and Jason were doing some hunt. It was just hilarious. hilarious. But I want to feel that. I want, I want to be in that situation, and I want to be able to mentally say this isn't going to stop me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like I'm not going to have a problem with that, but at the same, like, I'm not the biggest dude. I don't lift the heaviest weights. I don't work right now. I definitely don't work out. <laughs> but, like, I mean, like, I don't, you know, like, I get exercise. I do whatever I feel mm-hmm. is necessary. You know, but when it comes to the mountain and when it comes to hunting, like I'll out hunt, I'll out fucking tough 99% of any of the hunters out there because that's just how I am, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I feel like if I can apply that into sheep hunting, it's totally going to be, you can play that life, right? Everything in life. What about you, dude? When are you going to get, when are you going to sheep hunt? Dude, this (laughs) has opened up a can of worms. Because my girlfriend already gets on my ass because I find something new I want to do. Yeah. And I just throw yourself in it. to the wall. Go. And I'm spending all kinds of money buying That's why I'm gear, still single. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, you know, I, I do it for a little bit and then I move on. And, yeah. You know, I want sheep hunt now and she's like, whatever. Yeah. I'll do it. At least she's used to it though. Yeah, right. I mean, you got that going yeah. for you. She still gets a little upset, but what woman would? Yeah, you know. But um, she's supportive. I I can't. Mm-hmm. So supportive in everything I do. So, uh, what was the feeling when you got to watch that ram drop? Aside from the screaming and yelling that we heard in the video, I was shaking from quarter mile off through like, a spotter. Through a spotter. Yeah. Like, shaking and. I didn't like buck fever, but ram fever. Yeah, and we're up. And on you top. weren't even hunting. Yeah, we're, we're up on this. We're up on this peak, and Jake Barry and I are sitting there, and we're watching this all unfold. And Mylan, the hunter, the older gentleman, had a little, you know, mobility, mm-hmm. pretty low. Mm-hmm. And to have this ram where it was, and to have the wash that led pretty much right to where he shot for them to use. Mm-hmm. Super helpful. It could not have gone any more perfect. perfect. It was planned that way. And to be able to watch it all unfold. Like it was ordained. Yeah. Yeah. And to watch it all unfold through a spotting scope, I just, I really can't put it into words. Yeah. I've had a couple people ask me that, and I'm just, go do it, dude. I can't, I can't. Yeah. It's just emotional for sure. Yeah. I We yelled, we screamed, we hugged, cussed. <laughs> like, it was just... Everything. Everything. It was going down. down the hill. Yeah. And it's Your like, guys were over there in no time flat. Yeah, we made it over to the Ram, I think, a half hour. Yeah. And it was a hike. Yeah. But then it was all downhill. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. So, you spent... We're going to switch gears. We're going to go away from sheep hunting. And you kind of had a passion and some love for waterfowl. Oh, yes. Right? That's where hunting started for me. Yeah. I mean, after me you personally, hunting. 
after you hunted with your grandfather a little bit, mm-hmm. you kind of took a break from deer hunting, and you went into waterfowl. Yeah. So growing up in Clusa County. Yeah. Like that's all that is. I would. Clusa County, Sutter County, all those rice farms around there, and yeah. the Butte Sink right there. It's just kind of the mecca of waterfowl hunting, and. I got three public refuges within a half hour of my house. Uh-huh. Um, is that like sweat lines and all oh that yeah, shit? It's the, the miserable shit you hear horror stories That's of. why I don't duck hunt. I've, I can count on both hands how many times I've ever hunted a refuge. Yeah. And it's because of I don't want to deal with idiots. Yeah. For one. Yeah. And then you get to your spot and you're getting stomped on. You know, it, people are within 50 yards of you trying to hunt and you're just like, go away, dude. Really? It's, yeah, it's super ridiculous. You're working a bird in, you know, and all and of a sudden someone shoots it out to, from under you. Yeah, you're just like, really not. I'm not playing that game. Wow, not playing so, that game. A, a buddy of mine and Anthony's just recently. He was going to take Anthony duck hunting, and he called him and he was like, "Hey, dude, we're going to go get in line tonight at eleven o'clock." Um, was that your experience too? Would you guys get in line the night before? Um. I haven't had to do that up there. So the times we've hunted these refuges, I put in for the refuges every year for the, the reservations. Mm-hmm. If you don't do our reservation, then you got to go through the lottery system. And then if you're shit out of luck on that, you wait in the sweat line. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't get a top five reservation... <laughs> you're not doing it. Um, a lot of people are like, dude, go. If you get a reservation, go. I'm like, not worth it to me. Some people, that's all they got. Mm-hmm. Go do it. That's your way to go. Fucking go. Mm-hmm. So, but me growing up there with the refugees, it's been my experience has been hell. Yeah. Well, it's public land bird hunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just dealing with that, and growing up there and knowing different families around the county and getting able to go hunt. Pop in on a spot here or there. Somebody invites you here. Somebody invites you there. Yeah. And then, when I got a little older, started getting my own, you know, not my, you know, not an entire duck blind to myself, but you know, buying a seat in, in a blind and yeah, um, hunting that way and learning. I pretty much hunted in rice my entire life. Not yeah. much, not much of the whole natural ponds or marsh looking stuff. It's been rice. Yeah, and uh, just lately, last couple of years, I feel like I've kind of burnt myself out mm-hmm. on that rice hunting because with my job I have 90% of duck season off yeah and I'm so into waterfowl that I will hunt 80 to 90 days of the 100 day season really yes and I've done that in two years yeah because I feel like I'm just like I haven't been that into it this year mm-hmm. or last year and thank goodness the girlfriend's hunting now she's getting me back into yeah. it and getting wait we already put a deposit in for a blind one next year oh good so i'm getting back into I'll it i'll make sure i call you definitely, you can take me no, definitely. I'm just kidding. no yeah, you're coming i'm gonna wake you up at 5 a.m falling down the rain hey dude if i'm staying at your house it's no big deal yep, but i'm not yep. waking up before five yep stay at my house <laughs> We're good. the blind's only 10 minutes from my house it's so. even better yep sign me up that but sounds yeah, like so i'm getting back into it and uh, super, my grandpa never hunted waterfowl either. Uh huh. He maybe got invited a couple times a year, yeah. but that was he wasn't into that. I I got into that on my own. Yeah, like yeah. I've done I've done a lot of like pond and creek jumping, mm-hmm. right? Stuff like that. 
But a lot of my buddies growing up where I grew up or my dad's buddies, they'd all have prime leases on silly duck clubs yep. that cost more money than I'll ever make in a lifetime mm-hmm. just for their annual fees. But these dudes would just show up with seven ducks here and four birds there and here's some teal and here's some drakes and, mm-hmm. you know, just... You know, so it's just, why would I duck hunt? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I do it every now and then, but, you know, jumping and, and all that kind of stuff. And I've yeah. killed my fair share of of birds, but I never was public land duck hunting. I don't like that. <laughs> Not in a sweat line. No. No. I just don't like, I'm there to relax and I'm there to do what I love. Yeah. And I feel like that, that would be hard that, to do in that, that situation. Yeah. That sounds like worse than public land deer hunting. I think it is. There neck is, and neck. I think because in this area, mm-hmm. California, I think <laughs> duck hunting is a little easier to get into mm-hmm. than deer hunting. Uh-huh. Um, I won't say it's easier than deer hunting, but it's easier to get into, I think. Yeah. And the land that's allotted for guys to duck hunt is a lot smaller than the public lands to deer hunt. Yeah. In California. Yeah. So you're cramming a bunch more guys into a smaller area. Yeah. And everybody's got that type A personality and just people butting heads in the parking lot and you're just dealing with headlamp wars out there in the morning, 5 a.m. Yeah. Um, racing to your spot, trying not to get too close to somebody. And I will, I will end my own hunt. Yeah. Before I go walking through somebody else's stuff, yeah. I'll back out and I'll. I just I don't like it that much when people do it to me. I will not do it to somebody else. Yeah. And so, this takes all the fun out. Well, of and that's etiquette, man. Yeah. That's field etiquette. Yeah. You know how important is that? You know. Yeah. And not only that, like you might be you might be holding out, and that's showing an example to someone else mm-hmm. that might change their behavior because maybe they're like, hey, maybe I should be acting like that too. Yeah. You know, and that's important. It'd, it'd be nice. It would be nice. It would be nice. It would be nice. No oh, man, it's uh, speaking of waterfall hunting, we got late goose season coming up. How excited are you for that? Are you gonna do a late goose hunt? I'm hoping so. Mm-hmm. So last year, my buddy, he's from, I think he's from Santa Rosa here. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend, it's his in-laws. Yeah. Family and and uh, he invited me last year. We set up, I think, twelve hundred the psilocyte snow decoys. You know? Yeah. And uh, it was a complete. Um, plan C. We had we had put some birds to bed in a field um, that we were planning on hunting the next morning, and at right at dusk, a tractor started driving through that field, disking the field. Mm-hmm. And because at that time, at this this time of the year, they're eating green grass. Mm-hmm. They're off in all the the stuff that's starting to grow, and yeah. uh, they're out of the rice fields. So. They were disking under all that green grass. And we're like, oh man, what is happening? Yeah. And luckily his, his duck blind that he hunted, a flooded rice, had just been drained. And we were like, well, we're going to set up in the mud and hope for the best. Yeah. And 
supposed to be it was it was a pretty pretty good wind that morning didn't come up till a little later like 10 o'clock i think but we ended up finishing in like two and a half hours with 140 geese mm-hmm. for seven guys seven or eight guys yeah and we got lucky but it was fun that's awesome. I, I went through like. A I heard goose. I heard that that late season goose hunts fucking like that can just be nuts. Yeah. Like you could get into like somebody was telling me it's called a, a goose vortex or something. Yeah, they just start. Or they're just they going, fun. dude, and they're they just. Fun. You can't hear the guy next to you talking. These snows are so loud. Really? Yeah. That's so crazy. Yep. That sounds like fun. That'd yeah. be fun. Because you're wearing. I mean, there's a couple ways to do it, but most of the time you're wearing this white Tyvex Suit. suits they use for spraying. Yeah. chemicals and stuff and you're on, laying on down and you're laying down in the decoys yeah you know hiding your face and stuff and just waiting and just for them waiting to get for close somebody and to pop yell, up kill them you know and then yeah. everybody opens up and it's, it's a blast really yeah I bet dude it's a blast so but I got a couple spots this year that I got permission to hunt on and mm-hmm. if the geese are there it's on mm-hmm. it's on that's awesome man yeah right on so this is part of the podcast we always just have a little bit of fun Right? It's all about, you know, laughing, having a good time. It's our dead-eye minute. As Anthony so eloquently puts it, I always forget to say that it's our dead-eye minute. We work, we partnered up with Dead-Eye Outfitters. We work with them. Um, You know, they make apparel, t-shirts, hats, Mm -hmm. all that kind of great stuff. I definitely have some dead-eye gear. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? And um, so I'm going to ask you a series of questions. All right? And after every question that I ask you, say an answer with addicted. All right? All right. So people that love to deer hunt the way that we love to deer hunt are... Addicted. Right? Yep. For guys that love to waterfowl hunt as much as you love waterfowl hunting. Addicted. Right? 100%. Yeah. For for sheep hunters and people that are are just bananas about sheep hunting, they're addicted. So what hit you in the face last night? Addicted, definitely <laughs> not hit me in the face. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. God damn I it! I, figured you, I knew you were going with that one, and I'm like, this guy, right, you know, this, this guy's gonna sneak this shit this. in my face. Yeah, addicted. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, my buddy, my buddy turned me on to that joke. Just the other day. Never heard it in my life. You sent me a fucking meme. Right? <laughs> meme sending, dude. It's just yeah, terrible. Dude. Absolutely terrible. So, my buddy sent me this joke, and I made a, a goal with myself that until we release the first podcast that I did that joke on, I am going to ask every single person until that podcast is released that question. There was like two people I'm probably not going to ask that question <laughs> because they're not males and I just don't feel comfortable yeah. saying yeah. that to a female. But that is my goal. So there's going to be a line. All right. Somebody's going to say it. Oh, no, no, no. I already got some. Oh, You're not the really? first. Perfect. You're not the Perfect. first. And it was an epic encounter <laughs> when oh. he realized what was When's coming out of his in? mouth. I want to hear that. Not for a I few weeks. I might just skip to the end. Not for a few <laughs> weeks. Go back. Not for a few weeks. Right. So, you know, you have to listen and figure out yeah. which podcast it is. Definitely. Yeah. But 
Thank you so much for taking the time to come down here. Dude, I had a blast. You know, like, I totally appreciate it. I look forward to getting on some more Thule elk with you. Oh, yes. And going out there, you know, I think I'm going to maybe try and put together a, uh, a weighted pack. You know, everybody bring some fucking camera gear. You know, mm-hmm. let's go chase around Thule elk, you know, and go do, a, go do a, a hike out there. Um, and figure something out. So you'll definitely have to come out for that. I will. Uh, you know and, and kind of gear up for that so do you have any concluding thoughts anything that you you know that you're itching to say or um I got a somewhat of a, a you know if there's anything that I'm going to leave for the hunting industry yeah as, as a thought or maybe some California just, hunting community for on. sure yeah pass it on yeah take somebody hunting who's maybe not even thinking about going hunting yeah invite them or show kids or just keep people involved. Yeah. Because. How important is that? It's so important. It is. Not only to the conservation of our animals. Yeah. But to this way of life that yeah. we know hunting. Yeah. It could very easily disappear. Easily. So like. It's crazy. Yeah. So. You know, and, uh, and we're definitely in a state where for us it's a battle, man, to Every day is a battle for us as a hunter. Every day community. we are losing some right to do something right? hunting related. Yeah. You know, we lost dogs a couple of years ago. We lost, you know, we're losing yeah. a whole bunch of things. You know. They're always trying to change something against yeah. hunting. Not for hunting, not helping hunting yeah. out. They're always trying to change something against hunting. And what you're saying is entirely right about passing along the message to the next guy, whether it's a kid or an adult that's getting into it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and getting people out and helping them have a positive experience in the outdoors, in yeah. the wild, you know. And for you and, and for me, you know, like part of our passion, which goes further than just going out and stacking up meat in a fucking freezer, photographing and, you know, being engaged with wildlife on yeah. a different level than just hunting, mm-hmm. right? And... uh like even getting to take people out to do that kind of stuff and showing them nature and, and, and the other side of it. And that not only are we hunters, but we are conservationists. Mm-hmm. And there are there is more to us than just out there brutally killing animals and cutting their heads off and walking yeah. away. You know what I mean? All people see is like, blood and putting a head on the wall. And- not like there's any laws against that, right? <laughs> Like, let's just go shoot a nice buck and cut its head off and leave the rest to waste. And I think a lot (laughs) of it's just people aren't educated. Yeah. And we got to do our due diligence to educate. Not only that, but being a positive example Mm -hmm. and healthy role models. Because there's plenty of people that ruin it for the rest of us, man. Yeah. Like people with shitty attitudes in public duck places. People who go screaming and yelling. Thinking they're white tail. Yeah. Come on. The examples and I mean increase yeah. the list at infinitum. Yeah. And it doesn't okay. doesn't stop. Nope. You know what I mean. But yeah, man. Again, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Anthony definitely appreciates yeah, I appreciate it. it. I had a great day today running around with you, getting to know you. We definitely crushed half of fucking pizza. Yeah, we did. A bunch of bread twists and some wings, and that was delicious. Yep. 
Oh, they want to be back out. Yeah, come back out. You know, if your chick's like, you can't leave me, bring your chick too. Oh, I, I got to show her the lighthouse. You got to bring yeah. the lighthouse. Yeah, I mean, my grandma was born at the lighthouse. Dude, so that's a crazy story. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll that's go awesome. down to the lighthouse and check it out. I'll let you guys know. They do, coming up in the spring, they do a night at the lighthouse. Oh, And nice. you get out there at sunset. And you watch the sunset, and then you get to go through the light tower and look at all the mirrors and oh, the whole deal. It's totally okay. fucking rad, dude. Yeah, you're gonna have to let me know. Point, it is. Yeah, Point Reyes National Park Service really steps up to the plate when they do that night. It's That's pretty cool. epic, you know. And I usually, it's funny, I go out there by myself because <laughs> no one ever wants to go. And I kind of, it's usually right around my grandma's birthday, you know. And that's perfect. she was born there, so perfect. it's you know perfect for me. Go spend. That's where we dumped her ashes. Was all out there on the coast and whatnot, you know. So I go out there, but uh, I just run out there, throw my headphones on. I listen to just some loud, insane music, <laughs> and you know, enjoy the time. You're in a huge crowd of people, but when you have headphones on, and you don't have to deal with anybody. It's fucking so solid nice. gold, dude. So just, nice. Yeah, it's it's epic. So maybe we'll have to get her out for that. Oh yeah, definitely. You know. But, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And, you know, I look forward to sharing more information. And, you know, I can't wait to get after some more Thule elk with you. And, shit, man, we'll see you soon. See you, buddy. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website, Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.